Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's no way you lose when you go after a dream. You don't. It always leads to something better. Always. All right? Starving artist. I slept on a futon until I was 36. I don't fucking regret any of it. I was dating this woman, and I said I had a spot I had to go do, and it, it paid $8 at the comic strip during the week. Tuesday night, I went down there, and I came back. I tried out a new bit, and I was doing a... And afterwards, I was at home in my apartment, and I was doing this silly dance in the kitchen because I had a new bit, and I was psyched because I had gone through this period where I wasn't coming up with any new material. And she was laughing, and then she got a sad look on her face, and I said, what's the matter? And she said, I wish I had a job where I only got paid $8, yet I came home and I did a silly dance in the kitchen. The responsible thing to do is to listen to your heart. It wasn't hard to work at the shitty job because I was always thinking about the exciting job I was going to do afterwards. And every night that I just went up on stage, and if it just went moderately okay, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe... I have to be honest with you, like... I, I, I couldn't fucking believe that I was actually doing it. That I was actually... I had a dream and I was making it happen. And I still remember the first time I really went on stage and I actually got in the zone for what was considered a zone at the level comic I was. And I only was in the zone for about eight seconds. Um, I was at Nick's Comedy Stop in Framingham on Route 9. It doesn't even exist anymore. And... Um, I just got on this roll of laughter that I was actually able to pause and fucking be in the moment and enjoy it rather than being like, oh my God, what's my next joke? What's my next joke? And um, that fucking feeling can carry you through a fucking shitty job for a week. Freddie Stone, excitable boy. That's what he went by. I did a room for him and he gave me $5 gas money. I'd probably spent 10 to get there and I couldn't fucking believe it. And I was like, I did that and they gave me this. I couldn't fucking believe it. 
At what point, just listen to the sound of my voice as I'm talking about this. Have you ever had that level of excitement doing any other fucking job? That's what it's like when you're, you, you go after uh, a dream job. So nothing, nothing is worse than not going after it. The man you just heard is the legendary stand-up comedian Bill Burr. You might remember him from episode number 11 and bonus episode number 2. However, in this clip, he's not making any jokes. He's actually leaving us with some inspirational words. A lot of people, young and old, are deathly afraid of pursuing what they think is most important in life. They're afraid of pursuing their dream jobs and their ideal lifestyles. Most of us are taught that the responsible thing to do is get a formal education, from a great university, start a career at a reputable company with great benefits, and eventually find a partner, start a family, and work until you're old enough to retire and maybe buy a house or travel across Europe. We've been led to believe that this is what a proper life looks like. But Bill Burr, and I, disagree with this idea. The definition of a proper life depends on each individual. And I think we can see that clearly when we listen to Bill's words. Now, if you couldn't understand everything Bill said in that clip, don't worry. We're about to listen to it again, and I'll be explaining words and phrases along the way. And if you'd like to read the transcript and vocabulary guide for this episode so you can listen and read at the same time while also having explanations of the advanced vocabulary, you can click the link in the description of this episode and subscribe on Patreon. Now, Patreon is a subscription-based platform where fans or supporters can support <laughs> creators financially in exchange for exclusive content and rewards. In this case, it's a platform where my listeners can access the transcript and vocabulary guide for these episodes or just support my work with a few dollars a month to make sure the show doesn't end. Because just like you, I've got bills that need to be paid every month. And if I spend all my time working on this podcast without any support from my listeners, I'll probably end up homeless. And if I prioritize money and stop working on this podcast, well, then the world will no longer have real English radio. And both scenarios are kind of sad, if you ask me. So consider supporting your favorite podcast, and I'll be sure to keep bringing you these episodes every week. And a big shout out to all my current supporters as well, like Adriana out in Poland. Thank you so much for supporting my work and encouraging me to keep working on this show. I really appreciate you. But now, my friend, let's listen to Bill Burr one more time as I break down all the nouns, verbs, and adjectives. And just so you know, in this context, to break down means to analyze or explain in detail. So I'm going to say that again. Let's listen to Bill Burr one more time as I break down all the nouns, verbs, and adjectives for you. All right? Let's do it. There's no way you lose when you go after a dream. You don't. It always leads to something better. Always. All right? So there's no way you lose when you go after a dream. The first thing I want to explain is there's no way. This is a very, very common thing to say. And basically all you're saying is it's impossible. Because if there is a way to do something, that means it's possible. There's something we can do to make it happen. If there's no way, obviously that's the opposite, which means it's impossible. There's no possible method by which we can achieve this goal. There's no way you lose when you go after a dream. And to go after something 
in most cases means to pursue something, right? You're trying to obtain it. This thing is running away from you and you're running right behind it trying to catch it. More or less, that's the idea. So there's no way, it's impossible for you to lose or fail when you pursue a dream, when you go after that dream. It always leads to something better. And when I say that, or when Bill says that, he means it always results in something better. Going after your dreams always results in something better. There's no way you can lose. It's impossible. Impossible. All right, let's continue. Starving artist. I slept on a futon until I was 36. I don't fucking regret any of it. Okay, starving artist. I'm not sure if you guys say this in your language, but... It's a common term, at least in the States, in American English, and it just describes that person who pursues an artistic career, even though the entire time they're fucking dead broke. They have no money. They're borderline starving. You know what I mean? They live in a crappy studio apartment. They can barely pay the rent. They don't have money for entertainment or travel or investing or a bigger place or nothing, nothing. They dedicated their life to this artwork, even though they're almost certainly destined to live in poverty because of that choice. That's the starving artist, just hoping maybe one day my work will be discovered by the masses and I'll be rich and famous for my artwork. That's the idea. It's kind of depressing, but that's the idea when somebody says starving artist. So then Bill says he lived that lifestyle. He slept on a futon until he was 36. And a futon is that, uh, that piece of furniture that's like half couch, half bed. So you can sit on it like a normal couch, but then you can kind of flatten it and pull out a bed of some kind. Or sometimes you just lay the back half of it down and it becomes a flat surface like a mattress and you can lay on it. So it's 50% couch, 50% bed. That's a futon. And so Bill is saying he lived that lifestyle. It's a starving artist. He, until he was 36 years old, he slept on a fucking futon. And he doesn't fucking regret any of it. And in this case, he uses the word fucking to put emphasis on the fact that he doesn't regret it. I don't fucking regret any of it. I really don't regret it. That's the idea. And so I'm not sure what it's like in your country. I know this is different from culture to culture. Like in Latin America, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, my Latino friends, but my understanding is that in many Latin American countries, it's completely normal for somebody to live with their parents until they get married. So you could be 32, 35, 36, living at home with your parents just because it makes more sense economically to just save your money and, and live and work at the house you grew up in. It doesn't make sense to go and waste money renting an apartment when you live by yourself and your parents are fine with you staying there. I don't know if you guys contribute to like the bills and the rent and everything, but the point is, I know in some cultures that's normal. However, in the United States of America, for a grown ass man at the tender age of 36 to be like living with his parents or so poor that he can't really afford a nice apartment, a bed, you know, he has to sleep on a futon. Society will view that man as a failure, as a loser. Like you're too old to be living in these conditions. You should have your life figured out. You should be making money and have a successful career and a beautiful family and a nice car and blah, blah, blah. Right. That's kind of like the, the societal expectation. And of course I'm generalizing. But that, I think that's what Bill's talking about. You know, there's no way you can lose. Even if you're 36 chasing this dream, it doesn't fucking matter. 
It's always going to lead to something better if you just follow your heart, chase your dream, do what you believe to be important. I believe that's what he's saying, okay? But let's continue. I was dating this woman, and I said I had a spot I had to go do, and it paid $8 at the comic strip during the week. Tuesday night, I went down there, and I came back. I tried out a new bit, and I was doing a... And afterwards, I was at home in my apartment, and I was doing this silly dance in the kitchen because I had a new bit and I was psyched because I had gone through this period where I wasn't coming up with any new material. All right, so I got a couple of things to explain to you here. The first one is I was dating this woman and to be dating someone just means to be going out with them, but with romantic intentions. So if you guys are constantly going out on dates to dinner or the movies or some other form of entertainment, you and this other person that you're interested in romantically, then you guys are dating. Now, you also hear some people say this when they mean this is my girlfriend or this is my boyfriend. So like you might ask these two people sitting at a table, are you guys dating? And you might be asking them, are they a couple? Are they exclusive? Are they committed to each other? They're also dating. So it gets kind of complicated because there could be two people who aren't committed to each other. They're not in a committed relationship, but they're dating. They frequently go out together. They probably have sex every once in a while, but they're not. A couple. Whereas on the other hand, we also refer to couples as people who are dating. So just understand it means you're involved with this person romantically. Um, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> because there's no, I mean, you just have to use the context. Hopefully that's clear. But anyway, let's continue. So he was dating this woman and he had a spot that he had to go do and it paid $8. And when he says I had a spot, it just means that he had a show, a performance was scheduled at this place. And they paid him $8 for the shit. On a Tuesday night, he went down there and came back. And I tried on, yeah, so I tried on a new bit was the next thing I was going to explain. A bit, you'll often hear this word when talking about stand-up comedy. And it just means like a, a funny routine that you recite. A joke. So if a comedian has a bit, it's like this idea, this premise that he has turned into an actual joke. And that piece of material from start to finish is the bit. So he he tried a new bit, a new piece of comedy material, a new piece of uh a new joke, let's say. And afterwards or after the fact, which is the same thing. If you hear somebody say afterwards, they just mean after whatever I just told you about. So he went to this place, got paid $8. $8 and tried out this new joke and afterwards he was at home in his apartment and he was doing this silly, you know, goofy dance in the kitchen because he finally had a new piece of material and he was psyched. When he says he was psyched, it just means like really excited, really uh, enthusiastic, feeling really good and excited because he had gone through this period where he wasn't coming up with material. So to go through something, especially a period of time or a situation, it means to experience a period in time or a situation or something like that. So if you're going through difficult times, it means you are experiencing difficult times, right? So he had gone through this period of time where he wasn't coming up with material. And to come up with something just means like to invent or create something. So he was going through this rough patch in his career where he was having a difficult time coming up with or creating new jokes or new material. And you'll often hear artists, comedians, um, people who create 
entertainment, let's say, they'll often refer to their work as their material, especially comedians, right? And I believe that was it. So let's continue, my friend. I'm actually going to go back a couple seconds and continue. Here we go. Through this period where I wasn't coming up with any new material and she was laughing and then she got a sad look on her face and I said, what's the matter? And she said, I wish I had a job where I only got paid $8, yet I came home and I did a silly dance in the kitchen. Okay, so just two things to explain here. The first one, remember that he was in his apartment with this woman he was dating, and she was watching him do this silly dance in the kitchen because he finally got a new bit, even though he only got paid $8 for that performance, right? And so she was laughing at him, and then she got a sad look on her face. And this is a common way to describe like people's facial expressions. So to get a sad look on your face just means to have a facial expression that indicates you are sad. So if you have an excited look on your face, you look excited. If you have an angry look on your face, you look angry. If you, you see what I'm saying? It's a very common way to talk about people's facial expressions. You have a particular look on your face. Your face is communicating a particular feeling. That's the idea. And so when he saw her with this sad look on her face, he said, what's the matter? What's the matter? And this is just another way of saying what's wrong. Literally the same thing. But we typically ask this question, again, in negative situations. You see that there's a problem, something has gone wrong. And so you ask, what's the matter? But you'll also hear people ask, what's wrong? Or what's the problem? It's the same exact question, okay? And then, yeah, so that was it. She said, I wish I had a job where I only got paid $8.00. Yet I came home and did a silly dance in the kitchen. And I'm sure you understand those words, but just for more context, the idea is, damn, you got paid eight fucking dollars for this performance. I get paid probably 10, 15, 20 times that to do what I do, but I don't come home that excited, that happy about what I'm doing. I wish I had a job that I loved that much that made me that excited and that happy, right? All right, cool. Let's continue. The responsible thing to do is to listen to your heart. It wasn't hard to work at the shitty job because I was always thinking about the exciting job I was going to do afterwards. And every night that I just went up on stage and if it just went moderately okay, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe... I have to be honest with you, like... I, I, I couldn't fucking believe that I was actually doing it. That I was actually... I had a dream and I was making it happen. Okay, so now Bill has stopped talking about that situation in his apartment and he's just back to the main idea. And he says the responsible thing to do is to listen to your heart, right? Listen to what you know is right, what you know you want to do, what you know is important to you. And then he goes on to say it wasn't hard to work at the shitty job because I was always thinking about the exciting job I was going to do afterwards or after the fact, right? And so the shitty job, shitty, as you might have guessed, is just, it's not a positive word, right? It just means poor quality or unpleasant, really bad. So the shitty job is the job that you fucking hate. The job that you look at the calendar, you're like, fuck, I gotta go to work again. It's Monday already. You probably have a shitty job if that's how you feel on Monday morning. And he's saying it it wasn't hard to wake up and go to this shitty job because all I could think about was my dream job I was going to do after work. I'm going to go down to the comic strip, 
do this performance, try out my new material, get paid eight fucking dollars. But I'm still going to be the happiest man alive because I'm getting paid to do what I want to do. And so then he says, I went up on stage and if it just went moderately okay, I couldn't believe it. And what I wanted to point out here was the fact that he said, I went up on, (laughs) up on the stage. And that might be confusing. Why is he using two prepositions? Up on the stage? And this is just like a... There's logic for me because it's my native language. But when you analyze it, it makes no fucking sense why you would say it that way. I went up on the stage. But what I want you to visualize is you're standing in front of the stage, which is typically at a higher level than the ground you're standing on. Okay? To get on that stage, to put yourself on that surface, you have to travel upward. You have to walk up the stairs or climb up onto the stage. You see what I'm saying? So it's just a much, it's a more descriptive way of describing what's happening because you are elevating, you're going up and getting on the stage. So you go up on the stage. I don't know if that will ever be useful to you when it comes to speaking because, you know, I'm sure you could express, you could just say, I went on the stage. You could say that. There's no problem. It means the exact same thing. (laughs) But just this colloquial way of speaking that we have in many places here in the U.S., you'll hear people say that. I went up on stage. You know, hopefully this explanation is helpful to you. The logic behind it and what you can visualize when you hear him saying this. But um, I'm going to move on because there's really not much more I can tell you without confusing you. Okay, so he went up on stage. And if it just went moderately okay, just kind of okay just more or less okay, he couldn't believe it. He was, he was psyched. He was excited. He, you know, it's amazing. He couldn't believe he was making it happen. And to make something happen, you know, in this case, it's just like, it describes the idea of taking actions to achieve your goals. You have this dream, this plan that you're going to realize, and you're making it happen, man. You're doing everything that's necessary for this dream to realize itself. You're making it happen. You're not just talking about it. You're not just dreaming about it. You're making the shit happen. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. All right, let's continue. And I still remember the first time I really went on stage and I actually got in the zone for what was considered a zone at the level comic I was. And I only was in the zone for about eight seconds. Um, I was at Nick's Comedy Stop in Framingham 
on Route 9. It doesn't even exist anymore. And um, I just got on this roll of laughter that I was actually able to pause and fucking be in the moment and enjoy it rather than being like, oh my God, what's my next joke? What's my next joke? All right, let me explain a couple of things from that part. The first one is in the zone. He said, I still remember the first time I got on stage and I got in the zone. So to be in the zone just means to be in a state of complete focus or concentration. Everything around you disappears. Like, for example, when I play football or soccer, what that happens for me, I just get in the zone. Just everything around me disappears. Literally, literally everything outside the four sides of that football field does not exist when I'm playing. I'm only focused on the game, the players around me, what I'm doing with the ball, where I'm positioned, like checking my surroundings. Nothing else matters. I'm in the zone. I'm fucking locked in. You see what I'm saying? Not a single thought about anything outside of what's happening. I don't even think, right? You just act. It's like intuition. You're not even thinking words right? Nothing passes through the head except what I'm doing right now. I'm in the zone, baby. I'm in the zone. So whatever activity you do that makes you feel that way, that's the activity that puts you in the zone. You get in the zone whenever you do that thing, right? And for com or for, for comedy, that's Bill. <laughs> for Bill, that's stand-up comedy. He got in the zone, right? And for about eight seconds, and when you hear people say about before a period of time, it means more or less. So it was about eight seconds, more or less eight seconds. I'm not sure exactly how long it was. It was about eight seconds. I'll be in your city for about two weeks. I think I waited for her for about 30 minutes before she showed up. It just means more or less. It's a very, very common way of talking about the time. And you're saying approximately this period of time. Okay. So he was in the zone for about eight seconds. At Nick's Comedy Stop in Framingham. I don't even know where the fuck that is. Hold on. Framingham. Massachusetts. So he's from Boston. and He was in a city. I'm not sure how far it is from, from Boston. But anyway, he was in Framingham on Route 9, which I'm guessing is some highway or freeway in Massachusetts. And he got on this roll of laughter. And what he means when he says that is just like this continuous stream of laughter it wouldn't stop it was just laugh after laugh after laugh and he was just able to be present in the moment he was in the zone and he could just enjoy it he wasn't thinking about what his next joke was he wasn't thinking about you know how long is the laughter gonna last or anything like that he could just sit there and realize i'm fucking doing it bro i'm making it happen this is what i dreamed about and here i am telling these jokes, making these people laugh, and they love it. They love it. That's the idea. Hopefully now it's more clear. All right, let's continue. What's my next joke? And um, that fucking feeling can carry you through a fucking shitty job for a week. Freddie Stone, excitable boy. That's what he went by. I did a room for him and he gave me $5 gas money. I'd probably spent 10 to get there and I couldn't fucking believe it. And I was like, I did that and they gave me this. I couldn't fucking believe it. All right, so Bill is still talking about that feeling when he was in the moment of those eight seconds, more or less, right? About eight seconds. 
that he just realized like, man, I'm fucking doing it, right? And so he says that feeling can carry you through a fucking shitty job for a week. And so to carry you through the job, if you think about it, like literally imagine someone picking you up, holding you in their arms and carrying you from one location to another, that feeling can carry you through a shitty job for a week. Another way of saying that is that feeling can get you through a shitty job for a week. It's the same thing because to get through something means to go from one end to the other. Hopefully that makes sense, right? But you have this difficult situation and you can't go around it, over it, or under it. You have to go straight through it and think about that thing as a difficult situation. You have to get from the beginning to the end and out on the other side and survive and and continue living. I'm sure you get the idea. So that feeling can get you through a fucking shitty job for a week, those eight seconds, right? And then he mentioned some guy named Freddie Stone who apparently went by the name Excitable Boy. And that's the other thing I wanted to explain, which is went by. Because to go by a particular name just means that a particular name is used to describe you. It's whatever people call you, right? So maybe your name is um, Jonathan. I said that funny. (laughs) Jonathan. (laughs) Maybe your name is Jonathan, but you go by Johnny or John right? To go by a particular name just means that that's what you tell people to call you, even if it's not like the name that was given to you by your parents. So your government name is the one that's on your birth certificate, but then whatever you go by could be like your nickname, just something that people call you, okay? So this guy, what was his name? Freddie Stone went by, because it's in the past, he went by the name Excitable Boy. And that's really not important to, it's not relevant to the main idea of the clip. I just wanted to explain went by because it's very common. And so then he said, I did a room for Freddie and he gave me $5 gas money. So in this case, this is not something you'll hear all the time, but he did a room. And what that means is he performed literally in a room, right? Because in a comedy club, you might have separate rooms. And in each room, there's tables and chairs and then the stage and the comedian who performs, right? So if you do a room, The same way you might do a show, it just means you perform, and in this case, more specifically, in a room. I guess this is like common terminology amongst comedians. I'm not sure, though. But that is the idea. And so then he said he gave me $5 gas money. And gas money literally is just the money that somebody gives you to pay for your gas. It's a very common term, at least uh, for my generation. Like I remember when we were in high school, if you didn't have a car... And there was a party on the weekend or something like that. You might call your friend, say, hey, pick me up or take me with you to the party. Come get me on your way to the party, which means before you go straight there, come and pick me up and I'll I'll ride with you. And he might ask you, you got some gas money, (laughs) which basically means, yeah, I'll come get you, but you're going to have to pay some gas money. You might have to give me three dollars, five dollars, something I can put in my gas tank to compensate for the gas I'm going to have to use to go to your house and then to the party and then back to your house when I drop you off or return you to your home and then back home. I'm sure you get the idea. I'm just trying to make it extra clear, but that's gas money, right? And then he said, I probably spent 10 to get there. So he did a room, he got paid $5 and he probably spent $10 to get there. And in this context, to get there means to arrive there. To get to some place means to arrive at some place. It's the same exact thing. It's just in the U.S., 
I would say that to get to some place is much more common than to arrive at some place. But just so you know, they're both totally fine. It's just arrive at sounds a bit more formal to me. It's not something I hear every day. So he got paid $5 gas money, but he spent 10 to get to that motherfucker. You understand? Like he lost money on the performance and he still just couldn't believe it. He was like, I did that and they gave me this. And that's really what he said. He said, I'm going to read his exact words, okay? I was like, I did that and they gave me this. And what I want to explain is the, the phrase I was like. It's very, very common. It's a colloquial expression that we use to, to convey a particular emotion or reaction or to convey what we said in that moment. So if you imagine him coming to this place, he spent $10 to get there. And at the end of the night, after he did this room, he did this performance, he got paid $5 and he was like, damn, I did that. And they gave me this. So when he says, I was like, whatever follows that is whatever his reaction was at the time. So they paid me $5 and I was like, damn, I did that and they gave me this. Or another way of saying that is they paid me $5 and I said, damn, they, I did that and they gave me this. Or I might say they gave me $5 and my reaction was, damn, I did that and they gave me this. To be honest, I don't remember all the examples I just gave you. I said it so many times, I might have forgotten another way to say the same thing, but hopefully now it's important. It's a very, very, very common way to express your reaction to something in the past when you're telling a story or to to repeat whatever it is that you said in that moment, right? So I might be telling you what happened yesterday. She said this, and I was like, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, blah, blah, blah. That's the same thing as saying... She said, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, blah, blah, blah. And then she said, you see what I'm saying? I really hope that makes sense. Okay, I don't want to like get too lost on this one particular detail, but it's a very, very common way of telling stories, you know, about the past. Obviously, it's not a story about the present, Tony. <sighs> all right, my friend, let's continue before this shit flies completely off the rails. All right, we're almost done. At what point, just listen to the sound of my voice as I'm talking about this. Have you ever had that level of excitement doing any other fucking job? That's what it's like when you're, you, you go after uh, a dream job. So nothing, nothing is worse than not going after it. Well, there you have it, my friend. There is no way you lose when you go after a dream. It always leads to something better. Life is much more fulfilling when you accept the call to adventure as opposed to walking down well-paved and established paths that give you a false sense of security. Whether you agree with that or not is for you to decide. But hopefully, now, you at least understand Bill's idea much more clearly and he's left you with something interesting to think about. I want to thank you so much for your time and attention, my friend. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Real English Radio. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.